Good evening and welcome to episode 35 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. I'm your host, Terrence M. Stanton. I'm recording this on Thursday, November 4th, 2021. It is the 29th day of our 54-day Rosary Novena, the Sorrowful Mysteries in Thanksgiving. And the recommended Novena Petition, the Consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, by the Pope and all the Catholic bishops of the world in the manner requested by Our Lady of Fatima, which will end these chastisements, prevent greater chastisements, and result in the conversion of Russia to the Catholic faith and a period of world peace. I unite this rosary with all the rosaries offered for the same intention. I'm going to take a look today at an article by a very good writer and commentator, a man I respect a great deal, a fellow Canadian, Mr. Kennedy Hall. Although it's not my home, it is my native land. I was born in Mississauga, lived there for the first two and a half years of my life. I'm an American citizen, but my paternal grandparents, may they rest in peace, were born in Canada, and I have a lot of fond memories, although of not living there, of course. I was too young to remember, but going back um, in my boyhood with my family to visit family and friends, I have a great deal of love and admiration for the Canadian people. I grew up watching Sabres games and also Maple Leafs games on Hockey Night in Canada and simultaneously learned the Star-Spangled Banner and O Canada at the same time. I still use the actual real word, Stowe Canada, not the made-up, altered version that they, they're using nowadays. I'm a traditionalist in all things, as is Mr. Hall. So I wanted to share this article with you. It's from November 6, 2020, so about a year ago as I'm recording this. And it's entitled, It is All About Fatima. And I agree with that sentiment 100%. And it's from the Fatima Center website, Fatima.org, a wonderful organization. I donate to them monthly. If you have a, a few bucks, you can set aside and give to them. They certainly do great work in uh, carrying on the legacy of the late great father Gruner. He begins by saying, these are uncertain times. This year, and especially these last few days, have been admittedly some of the most stressful moments for Catholics in recent history. Perhaps not since the time of the Great Wars or communist dictatorships have we lived under a shroud of such uncertainty. As I write this, the United States presidential election is still undecided. And here's me uh, chiming in. It was a complete hoax, of course. Trump actually won and they stole the election from him. Mr. Hall continues, and even if a winner is declared soon, it seems like there will be weeks, if not months, of legal activity surrounding allegations of fraud or perhaps even violence as a result of impending civil unrest. Throughout the roughly six months leading up to the onset of the coronavirus lockdowns, I kept saying to my wife, something's got to give. Things are too crazy in the church and in the world to be sustainable. I do not pretend that this was some sort of divinely inspired intuition, but rather just an observation of the facts. As goes the church, so goes the world. 
The great corruption in the church necessarily means that the world will suffer as a result. All grace flows from the altar, and if the church is stifling the font of grace, either through less efficacious offerings of the holy sacrifice or heretical teaching, then the world will be like an arid desert, thirsting for truth and sanctifying grace. All Catholics must understand this fundamental principle of Catholic truth. Far too many practicing Catholics, meaning they normally go to Mass on Sunday, seem far too unconcerned with this reality. Far too many Catholics don't seem to connect the dots between the problems we recognize in the Church, moral depravity, silent leaders, unfaithful teaching, etc., and the deficiencies in the sacred liturgy. This does require us to see the world with the eyes of faith, which is the only way Catholics should see it. We have long suffered in the church, and our moral fabric in society is at an all-time low. Thus, is it any wonder that we live in a world with such diabolical disorientation? Fatima is the answer. Over the past two years, I have begun to discover the depth of the message of Fatima. For some time, even before this discovery, I had been praying for the intercession of Our Lady of Fatima, but it was nothing more than a pious invocation of Our Lady. Of course, it is good to invoke the name of Our Lady, but I did not understand the message or the controversy surrounding the failed attempts to truly consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, or the hiding of the Third Secret. But as I continued to be red-pilled on the truth about Fatima, almost entirely due to the efforts of the Fatima Center, I realized that Fatima is the key to everything at this point in time. I've come to a similar realization as Mr. Hall. I've mentioned before on this podcast that a couple months ago I'd been mulling over in my mind during the summer, going for long walks around the neighborhood that I wanted to start a podcast. I felt compelled and thought it should be a Catholic podcast specifically. But what should I talk about? And Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Fatima kept repeating over and over in my mind. And I took that as a sign from the Lord that he wanted me to discuss his mother, his loving, perfect, wonderful mother. I have zero theological training. I have no broadcasting experience whatsoever. No podcasting experience. It's probably pretty obvious by now. I've been recording these shows on an iPhone 5S with a cracked screen. But that's fine. I love Our Lady of Fatima. I love Our Lord Jesus Christ. I love St. Joseph. I'm going to tell people how much the Holy Family loves them. I'm going to tell people how special Our Lady of Fatima is and what great graces are going to be unleashed on the world when the consecration of Russia properly takes place by the Pope and all the bishops of the world to the Immaculate Heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So this has been on my heart. This has obviously been on Mr. Hall's heart and I'm sure a lot of other Catholics. And we're just trying to get the message out there in any way, shape, or form. So whether nine people end up listening to this podcast or 9,000, I know Our Lady of Fatima is going to get it to whomever she, she wants to hear it because she's irresistible.
Mr. Hall continues, we already live under the errors of Russia. Of course, when we consider the errors of Russia, we think of the error of Soviet communism. Like most people, I long considered communism to be a largely economic endeavor, and that as long as we lived in a society that favored capitalism or had relative economic liberty, then that must be proof that we do not live under actual communism. But as I began to listen to sermons and conferences by Father Chad Ripperger, a well-known priest, author, and exorcist, talks from Fatima conferences, and sermons from other faithful and courageous priests, I came to understand that the financial aspect of communism is but one of the tools in the arsenal of the ideology. Ultimately, communism is about controlling people in a way that leads them to reject God with the final end of sending them to hell. It is an idolatry of the state, an exaltation of man, and a rejection of saving truth. Those are some great talks um, that Father Ripperger gives, especially the ones pertaining to communism. And I was also telling my students recently that he says he has a lot of issues with Harry Potter and with young people trying to do these spells or whatever they are involved with Harry Potter. I'd never read the books, thankfully never had any desire to. And they get themselves caught up in a, a situation where they're encountering demons. Really bad news. I'm not a father. I hope one day to be a, a husband and a father, but my kids are not going to have anything to do with that Harry Potter nonsense. And I would advise any parents out there listening to this, keep your kids away from the Harry Potter books, and the Harry Potter movies. They're no good. He continues, Take a moment to consider what the various communist states did and still do to their citizens. In order to destroy the church, they would corrupt the priesthood, destroy marriage, promote sterilization and abortion, and promote heretical ideas through state-run institutions so as to corrupt the minds of the youth. Do these facts not perfectly fit our current society? In communist Russia, it was legal to go to church after a persecution, but only a small number of people would attend. Is church attendance any different now in our, quote, free society? The churches were subject to the political orthodoxy of the state and therefore watered down their message. Is that functionally any different than our reality? Educational institutions were dominated by an atheistic, materialist, and secular bias that was outright antagonistic towards any message from the faith. Don't our institutions of higher learning mirror this? Family life was strongly controlled by the state through schools, health systems, and government mandates. Is that different from our society? Communism is ultimately an utterly materialist philosophy. Thus, a large emphasis is placed on the equity of material things. What is the main message of most politicians? and the main desire of most of the electorate. To either have more high-paying jobs or to have material comforts provided by the state. And something I've been very interested in is the fact that both major political parties in the United States seem to want to demonize China. Uh, it's the Chinese Communist Party that gave us this virus. 
even though no one's ever proven that they have a new virus. SARS-CoV-2, this alleged virus that's been going around the world killing everyone, has never been purified. It's never been shown to actually exist. All these variants. I think it's a bunch of nonsense. I think they just relabeled everything from the common cold to pneumonia as COVID-19 and tried to brainwash and scare as many people as possible into taking an immoral and experimental gene therapy that has maimed and killed many, many people. And who knows what damage it will do two or three years down the road. Now with people getting booster shots and there's blood clots and heart problems and rise in cancer rates and autoimmune disorders. Trying to blame all of this on the Chinese, both major parties, when they've never even proven a virus exists. And the thing, I, the thing I've been thinking about is, well, what about <laughs> the strong-arm tactics of politicians in our own nation, speaking about here in the United States, with the lockdowns and the mandates, and you have to get this shot or else you can't have a job anymore or go to school. And this is the sort of totalitarian power that Mao Zedong never dreamed of having. Joseph Stalin, in his wildest dreams, didn't have this kind of sway over society. This medical tyranny being imposed by these evil men, and not a, I'm not afraid to use that term, evil men and women, to get themselves more money and more power. It's really power more than anything else, although we know that billionaires made so much more money over the past year and a half. You get to a point where the dollar amount doesn't really matter. That's what these people are after. It's power. They want control over other people's lives. They want to force people to do things they don't want to do. And it is truly demonic. And we must fight back against it. And the most powerful tool in our arsenal is the rosary. Like St. Padre Pio always said, bring me my weapon. He knows Our Lady of Fatima gets results. Mr. Hall continues, Our Lady speaks with precision. Furthermore, it is important to note that the errors of Russia are not a one-to-one correlation with communism. Our Lady could have used the word communism, but she did not. And she does not err in her words. She also did not say these errors would originate in Russia. Rather, the context of Our Lady's words are clear. Errors will spread from Russia to the rest of the world, regardless of where they originated. The originator of communism as a materialist philosophy and economic model is largely credited to Karl Marx, a German. In previous series, articles, and videos, I've explained how evolutionism is also an error of Russia, even though its founders are generally seen as Charles Darwin, an Englishman, regarding human biological origins. Father George Lemaitre, a Belgian Catholic priest, as regards cosmological origins, and Teilhard de Chardin, a French Jesuit, as regards theological evolution. Finally, many have argued that the first and fundamental error of Russia is the rejection of the papacy, 
When Russia first became Catholic under Vladimir the Great, 988 AD, they joined under the Patriarchate of Constantinople. Thus, when the East split into schism in 1054 AD, Russia went into schism as well. However, when the East agreed to return at the Council of Florence, 15th century, the Russian Orthodox refused and claimed the Patriarch of Moscow was equal in authority and independent of the Patriarch of Constantinople and the Patriarch of Rome, the Pope. The history of the East is replete with schism after schism, going all the way back to the Council of Nicaea, 325 AD, though after a time they would seek reconciliation with the Holy Father. So, rejecting the papacy is also not an error which originated in Russia. Nevertheless, it is accurate to call it an error of Russia. The errors of Russia, and communism in particular, are ultimately an ideology to cast souls into hell. These errors are tools of the devil. The devil is a liar, and he does not care what his plans are labeled as, so long as they work to damn souls. He is perfectly satisfied if a supposedly free society sees itself as such, as long as the majority of souls die in a state of mortal sin, and he is conversely satisfied with an overtly communist regime, as long as the results are the same. Now, we live in the supposedly free West, or at least I do, but how much genuine freedom do we really have? Another thing I mention to my students regularly is not to confuse liberty with license. You know, true human liberty, true freedom, is the liberty to do what is good, the liberty to do what is right. We're created by God with free will. We're blessed with free will. License is to do anything we feel like doing. Now, this is a beautiful woman. I'm going to fornicate with her. Oh, I really like drinking alcohol to excess, so I'm going to get drunk. Nope, can't do it. If you truly love the beautiful woman, you'll marry her first. You'll promise you're going to provide for her and protect her and whatever children come from your union. That's what an honest man does. That's what a real man does. He doesn't take advantage of women. He always upholds them and protects them, protects their dignity, would never lead them into mortal sin. So marriage comes before sexual relations. And in the realm of alcohol consumption, let's say, drinking in moderation. As G.K. Chesterton said, we can thank God for beer and burgundy by not drinking too much for them. And if you have an issue with alcohol, then you might have to not drink at all. Anything that keeps you away from having a deep personal relationship with the Lord has to be avoided. Anything that might lead you into sin has to be eliminated from your life. The stakes are too high. We're talking about our eternal destiny. And things in the world just keep getting more and more bizarre by the moment. So we have to get serious about our lives. He concludes by saying, Fatima is our only hope. Our Lady instructed us to pray the rosary every day for peace 
and requested that the Pope consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. There is no other way to have lasting peace in our world. And there is no other way to finally rid the world of the errors that she so distinctly warned us of. Whatever may come out of these times, politically, religiously, or otherwise, we must rely more heavily on the Virgin Mary's intercession and depend on her heavenly aid. An excellent article from Mr. Hall. I'm a big fan of his work. Uh, if you get a chance to check him out at The Meaning of Catholic, and he also hosts a show um, on Mike Church's channel, which it escapes me right now. I think it's a, a pay service, but... Um, the the Kennedy the Kennedy profession I believe is the name of his show but I'm sure if he's broadcasting there it's it's well worth you throwing a few dollars his way I would like to conclude by offering up an Ave Maria for the honor of the Blessed Virgin Mary and a prayer also to St. Joseph, in nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora per nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. Prayer to St. Joseph, terror of demons. St. Joseph, terror of demons, cast your solemn gaze upon the devil and all his minions, and protect us with your mighty staff. You fled through the night to avoid the devil's wicked designs. Now with the power of God, smite the demons as they flee from you. Grant special protection, we pray, for children, fathers, families, and the dying. By God's grace, no demon dares approach while you are near, so we beg of you, always be near to us. Amen. Ergo potens, ora pernobis, sancti osef, terra daimonem, ora pernobis, in nomine patris, et fili, et spiritus sancti, amen. Thank you for listening to episode 35 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. I'm your host, Terrence M. Stanton. If you're on Twitter, please follow the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. We can be found at Fatima Podcast. Until next time, goodbye. And God love you.